I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. We're two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Gothard! <laughs> Hi, Eve. Hi, Kieran. <laughs> Can you tell I, I hung out with Robert a couple times this last week? Just a couple times. Mm-hmm. Just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> We're hanging out in Portland. Yeah, we're, we're in the same space. place. It's amazing. I finished finals. I am looking for new cities to live in. So I'm hanging out in Portland for a minute, checking things out, to see what's going to happen. If you hear about here, let me know. Please, please make it possible for Eve to live in Portland so I can take the train up. My, or my, they can take the train down. I've been saying I have instant community in either New York City or in Portland, and I would love to be in either place, but uh, the Portland quadrant has been making a very strong case <laughs> recently. It's, just, it's so much easier to get here by train. For you. For me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we will see what happens. But we also have another friend hanging out with us right now, Tori. You want to introduce yourselves to the, those of us you don't Those know. of our listeners who may not know who you are already, uh, yeah, from your like nudes on Twitter, yeah, that's really how I get myself out there, and I'm I'm very sad that I can't. I'm very sad that I probably shouldn't right now. <laughs> Rude. I know it's been like two years. Back in the good old days. Back in the good old days, I always had my tits out. We and, were a slutty divorcee, <laughs> and uh, all the reformed pastors found me and started calling me a pornographer. I can't well, remember I mean, John MacArthur, one of those motherfuckers, but <laughs> it's like, you've never seen pornography that cannot, you're, you're a pastor. So you're a connoisseur. Yeah. Like, honey, why are you calling this pornography? We <laughs> know better. Here? <laughs> it's quite poor. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just like obnoxious on Twitter, but I grew up um, in white evangelical spaces um, and was homeschooled K through 12 and yeah, I was raised by a very racist white woman. So there's that. <laughs> Something we all have in common. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, technically, my mom isn't white, but oh, racist okay. as fuck. So, you know. It works. Regardless of the, the, the personal impact, it existed. Yeah. The white supremacy was there and it was alive. So Yeah, like in your textbooks and random conversations. And now I just like look back and I'm like, my mom talking about how all Indians are drunks. And I'm like, this is 15 years after they banned residential schools. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Right? Well, I'm like, like they banned they banned white people from stealing native children from their literally stealing them from their families. Like two decades ago. <laughs> And my mom's like, I just feel like Indians drink too much. It's like, well, you would drink a lot too if you were fucking traumatized. Like, why right. have we heard of PTSD? No, we haven't. <laughs> have we heard of self-medication? Because nobody in this country can afford fucking healthcare. Right. No. Whatever. No, absolutely not. I've no. never heard of healthcare. Sounds fake. You, you have to you have to pray it harder. Is fake. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to read. The last five chapters of Psalms aloud every time you feel depressed, and then I will let you come out of your room. <laughs> that's, that's how you feel better. That is that is the brain chemicals that you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, David clearly had his shit figured out, so. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Something to learn from that. I don't think, did you, I don't know if you heard the episode we did about just all David. about you, David, but we did a whole one did. about how he was just a little slut. Yeah. So oh, slutty. So did you have that in common? That's that's all my mom's fault because she was <laughs> he was bisexual songs. and he was a whore. Like you know. Yeah. Oh, and he had a bunch of wives, which I would not complain about. No. It sounds delightful. I still am advocating for someone helping me start a harem. So <laughs> bring it back. That's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it called back. Google Calendar. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Polyamory.com. <laughs> Color coded appointment <laughs> scheduling. We right. have a solution. For this. This, like, oh, God. In joke callbacks here. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, so, friends. Not sorry. We're not no, sorry. No, no, we're not. Um, 
So one of the reasons that like we put off recording two weeks ago when we could have, and I was at the start of finals, was the whole uh, Josh Duggar brouhaha as he's getting arrested and charged with possession of um, CSA materials, uh, CSA media materials. Um, I got asked by Bitch Magazine, um, which I've been a fan of for years, to write about this. So I kind of ended up putting the only spoons I had into that. So we'll put a link in in the show notes for that. But um, I think we wanted to cover a lot of that material because we've been talking about it with Tori ever since it happened because it's very much one of those we are not surprised and everyone who is needs to go back and do their homework because they didn't do the reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a mess. I don't know. And I keep, I like, <laughs> I keep asking people, I'm like, is anybody, cause I listen to weird stuff, right? Cause we're all in this, like we have left church space and I don't know why, but that's just mostly what I read and listen to. Yeah. And so I've been asking people who are normal, who were traumatized <laughs> by, religion, by religion. I'm like, is anybody talking about this? Like, is anybody talking about like the connections between purity culture and like lack of any construct of consent whatsoever? And like the connection to white nationalism. And everyone's like, yeah, no, not really. Like people are talking about the insurrection. I'm like, well, that that's good. But like, but also this is have a you thought? Yeah, it's been really interesting how many conversations in the like the wake of this that we've had about consent and like when we were taught consent. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling people the story about how my mother-in-law was the person who taught me consent concepts. Really? Did I tell you, did I tell you this? No. So it was like a week before my wedding. I was driving around running some errands with her and she was like, I'll, I'll limit the story a little bit to, to respect her privacy. But um she basically told me that uh, she was very enthusiastic about having discovered that you could talk about what you liked as you went. Mm-hmm. And she she was like, we use the metaphor of red light, green light, yellow light um, uh, to, you know, communicate bad, neutral, great, mm-hmm. or like indifferent for yellow light. And it was just like this, like, oh, yeah, oh, that makes so much sense. Why hadn't I thought of that? Because like, you get this like script handed to you yes. of like what sex is supposed to look like. And it yep. has a communication in it uh-huh. from either media or Bible. <laughs> it's just like man gets off the end. Um, yeah. And yeah. so having that concept of like, it's okay to talk about what you like and what you don't and make that customized was so revolutionary. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So that was my my first introduction to the concept, and that's which is just wild to me. Yeah, I don't even honestly remember when I was f- completely introduced to the concept of consent. Honestly, I'm not sure. Just for like a frame of reference, I was like this 15 year old boy that I thought was really cute felt me up, like he grabbed my boobs, and my mom saw this, and so I got punished. <laughs> Because I apparently was causing him to stumble. Oh, yes. <laughs> of yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. The boobs existing was your fault. Yes, it was. And so... Um, they just reached out and grabbed him by the hands. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there was, there was no framework for consent, like, at all. It was... My mom was very much just like, if they were... Um, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I wasn't mad about it. I thought he was really cute. And I just have never been good at purity culture. I was always kind <laughs> an F. <laughs> but like, your mom never taught you consent stuff? My mom never taught me consent. It was always, it's your responsibility to make sure that you don't get assaulted or whatever. And, um, you know, basically men can't control themselves. Uh, I was explicitly told that men will have sex with a corpse if that is all that is available oh, i was told that too so, and like why which was is, why is necrophilia so popular in our world <laughs> i don't know so the thing the thing is no it i'm i'm not sure why they thought it was so common precisely I'm like also where were people getting all of these corpses right um like the, well, there was all this on? experience that people could speak to <laughs> they were getting in from law and order <laughs> <Extras>. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, um, yeah, there was just, there was just no framework for consent. It was never like, it was never any, it was never anyone else's fault, right? You had a body, you go, you are responsible. It's your fault for existing. Anything that happens to it. Right. So it's always just like, you can't wear, you know, you have to wear pants that are a couple sizes too big. You have to wear sweaters that are too big. (laughs) Which is part of what I think is this whole conversation you know, about what we are told is our responsibility and what we are told in terms of the truth about these things really is important for understanding what's going on with Josh Duggar. Because one of the things that happens in these circles is that children are given way too much responsibility way too early and not enough information or deliberately given false information. Mm -hmm. And so when you're given this kind of info, when you're not told like how sex actually works as a young child, you get yourself in these positions where, you know, children are not reporting sexual assault because they think that that's not something that counts because they, they, they miss their understanding of sex is something different or they just don't recognize it as sexual activity. Um, I've had, I've run into stories like that with people I've talked to, leaving this world where they're like, I didn't know what happened to me with sexual assault because I didn't know enough about what sex was to recognize Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. as a sexual act Mm -hmm. or as something that was invasive because it was just as invasive as banking, you know, something like that. So the, like the deliver, the combination of like, you are responsible to make sure that you keep yourself pure. And also we're not going to give you any information about what this means mm-hmm. is this real toxic yeah. little tunnel yeah. you get into. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of withholding of information. So there's this very kind of narrow slice of what you are allowed to know essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, at least my mom was constantly like testing me to see if I like had found anything out about sex that I wasn't supposed to know oh about. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just, I just, I just, read Ashley C. Ford's book that's coming Mm, out mm -hmm. in, I guess it's June 15th, um, and interviewed her for The Rumpus. And one of the things that she talks a lot about in the book is that exact thing. So one of her, I guess her, maybe her mom had gotten sexually assaulted, but one of her cousins had also gotten molested. Mm. And so there was this whole thing of like, Ashley knew that there was something that was possible, but she didn't understand what it was. So every time she went out to a friend's house, her mom would grill her when she came back about like, did anybody do this? Did anybody do that? Did anybody do this? Like, like all of these, like, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like sexually specific things. It was a, like, did you, were you alone with any of the uncles? That kind of stuff. Did anyone touch you here or here, you know? Um, And so she, she had this like perpetual paranoia of like, this is something that is inevitable yeah. And that's how my mom spoke about it for sure was yeah. that it was inevitable that like we were all going to be assaulted and that was just kind of right how it was. And so she kind of, she definitely did things that she thought would protect us from assaults, like not letting us go to summer camp um, <laughs> because that's the only place people are because assaulted. Only, in stra- only strangers assault you. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like making sure that we were all wearing clothes that were just way, way too big for us. Um, well, you have to not have a body. Like that's the goal. Have, well, yes, true, true. Um, but all, all of this like goes back to like, again, what I first thought of when I first saw the original news story about Josh Duggar being accused by several of his sisters of molesting him. And, you know, there's there's this line in this community where I, I have known – young men who like went to like check out to see what the other sexes genitalia looked like because they weren't given that information. Mm -hmm. And so it felt assaulty to the other person, but they didn't repeat it and it was not a pattern and it was not Mm -hmm. a creepy, Mm -hmm. you know, it was invasive, but it was, it was out of it ignorance rather than, um, you know, a power thing. And so when the first round of this came out, I guess it was 2012-ish. Mm-hmm, I think so. Um, and his sisters went on TV talking. They did an interview about it. And they they were like, you know, we're working about dealing with this internally. We're not pressing charges. It's like, 
this is a family matter. We're going to deal with it in the family. We're going to forgive him and have some boundaries, like that kind of stuff. Like I kind of assumed that it was a, one of these kinds of situations where, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. he's deliberately kept from certain information. And so he gets too curious and everybody gets a little messed up and, and that's traumatizing and problematic, but it's Mm -hmm. not as malicious as what the truth actually ended up being. Right. Yeah. And so that's part of why this is all like connected in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, I like, I talked about this on Twitter just because I thought it was really interesting. It's like, you're given no freedom whatsoever, right? You're given no agency, you're given no information. And then, you know, if you do things right, you go literally from your parents' house to being married. Yep. And there's yep. no information still, but then there's no one watching you. Like there was always somebody over your shoulder, right? The the kitchen was always in the computer, like the computer was always in the kitchen so that everybody could see what you were doing, you know? Yep. And- always safe yep. eyes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like there was whatever, whatever the software was that was like reporting people for going to victoriasecret.com or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's what my brother got the known like, porn site oh, right i got i the mean kieran, kieran and i were joking about because like the easiest way to like get around those things was just to like time things out and like keep you know logging out and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. a lot just being like later 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 i've got 30 seconds i've got 30 seconds and just doing it forever mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah it's not hard that's just how it works Right. It was just right. they and, thought that if they gave us no information that they could keep us pure. Right. And, and that system was still in place in the yep. news articles. Anna Duggar, his wife, is getting the reports of his browsing history through the software um, as his accountability as his wife, which is really a double bind for her because mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. given this information that's insulting to her mm-hmm. and also like puts her children in danger. And under their theology, she has absolutely no, no power yeah. to hold him accountable. Yeah. Yep. The and only advice does, that she'll get is like, well, be more submissive, be more available, be more right. better. And available yes. means sexually available. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was, that was basically what consent was, right? If you are, if you have a female body, it's like consent is just do it when he wants it. Yep. CJ Mahaney, <laughs> the guy who helped co-found the cult that I grew up in, um, used to brag about how his wife Carolyn had never turned him down for sex in their like 40 years of marriage or whatever. And this woman had multiple hip surgeries. Oh yeah. Jesus. And so we always kind of just like, we're like, Oh boy. Just, and that, that's the kind of thing that's like held up as an example for you. Like, right. This is what you should be. It's never explicitly said like, she suffered through, you know, traumatic levels of pain yeah. to please her husband. Yeah. But she was always available no matter what. And so that's the code for, mm-hmm. you know, this is the way to keep your husband on the street and narrow. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's such an important part of it. Right. Is again, if you like are female, if you have a female body, it's like you're asexual. You have no sexual needs, no sexual desires. Like there's until there's the day you get there. married. Uh, well, and, and I don't know, even, even then, then it's kind of like really eh, to, you're not really supposed to. It was a big conflict in my marriage that I had sexual desires and that were significantly outpacing. Yeah, his. that's that's yeah. true. You can't be you can't you can't have more of a libido. You can only like at best match. Yeah, at luckiest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, how how often does that happen when you're, like, perfectly matched with someone else's libido? Wait, well, what are mean, hormones? I mean, it's, it's so rare. Asterisks in a world where are you, this is the only person you've ever fucked. Yes. Right. Yes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And now you're stuck. Uh, <laughs> fucked and stuck. Um, <laughs> but, but not in the yeah. way that you want to be. Not in the way that you want to be at all. Mm-hmm. So it's like n- men are supposed to be like hypersexual and like out of control. Mm-hmm. And then it's the woman's responsibility to contain their sexuality so that they can lead the world to Christ. What this sort is, of did you just have, Kieran? This is Go. like somewhat adjacent to that. And it's just that I read this story that Madison Cawthorn missed like 15 days of voting <laughs> because he was getting laid for the first time. Cause he was on his honeymoon. 
and he Wait, was like, stop, stop. Okay, Wait, okay, 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 back up. Back, <laughs> missed, that, missed what? What did he miss? Multiple rounds of floor votes. Oh, yeah, like geez, he ditched his job being a representative. Mm-hmm. to go on his honeymoon and he was like yeah i'm sorry i was performing my husbandly duties but like which wow. we all know is code for i got fucked for the like, first time history of sexual assault yeah yeah so like that's even more it's upsetting. it's worse yeah it's mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. anyway that's anyway, why he missed a bunch of boats yeah true very true. Or don't. Please don't. Please don't. Um, Please do not. Not, not literally. Figuratively. Well, maybe like actually she's doing it as a service to the constituents. The rest of mankind. <laughs> like what, what gets me about it is he, he said it like he's so self-important. Like he was the one who was like doing the thing, being God's gift on earth when we know that like. Honey, no, you're not the only one who got laid before work. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Nobody cares. Literally nobody cares. Nobody. Oh nobody. But it's but in that world, you think that that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was what was so weird to me. It was just the idea that like, yeah, sex was this huge thing. And then you were supposed to feel all of this shame about it because as I said, it was really bad at purity culture. So I did not. <laughs> I, ma- I made it to 19 without having sex. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but, you know, I knew that I was supposed to feel bad. Like, my boyfriend was a Christian in an evangelical church, and he felt awful. (laughs) And I was just like, why is this a big deal, precisely? Like, this is is the thing, right? This is the thing that you said that was, like, this holy spiritual experience, and you were permanently, like, emotionally connected to this person. After sex for the first time, we were both like, wait, that's what they made a big deal about? Like, that was, yep. like, let's, no question that was right. great but wait, right. that's it uh-huh. sex is great but have you done literally other things that are also fun <laughs> <laughs> no that's the thing is we hadn't never <laughs> we were not allowed to do things oh, that's, sex is that's great but have you done mushrooms right exactly <laughs> sex is great but have you like hopped on a bus just before it pulled out of like the bus stop Sex is great, but have you ever gotten out of the shower and wrapped yourself up in a towel that came right out of the dryer? dryer. Uh (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the best, honestly. Mm -hmm. Sex is great, but have you ever woken up to your partner handing you a cup of coffee? Mm -hmm. It's magical. Yeah, right. There's so many things that are more exciting in life. Yeah, I know. That's so much harder. (laughs) These things are harder to find than good sex. Yeah. Yeah, sex is, I mean, I shouldn't say that because for millennials, apparently sex is very hard to find. Well, okay, okay, well, so. If we're not stuck inside for a year. Like, the thing True. is, like, good sex is not hard to find if you are having sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I like that. Yeah, that's there's zero lies. I mean, but that, again, is, like, this weird thing of they just, they told us that, like, everybody was sexually promiscuous, and we were all running around, we were all, you know, whatever anti-sex worker slur they were going to use, and it's like, we have less sex than they did. Oh, my God, we haven't, yeah, no. (laughs) Yep. It's like, what? What are you even talking about? Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the, like, going back to the polyamory and the calendars, like, people joke about polyamorous people having so much sex and it's really just so much communication it's and so, like so much bit more sex so much more talking about feelings yeah. <laughs> and, and boundaries. scheduling time to talk about those feelings and then yeah, and yeah. scheduling time to talk to the other person about those, those feelings and the conversation that happened last week yeah yeah mm-hmm. good time <laughs> anyway um but yeah so one of the other things that this conversation keeps bringing up is like, you know, that the idea of the too much knowledge too early for kids. And then the responsibility that we're given as children for our younger siblings, like the responsibility to handle ourselves like adults, having too much information or not enough information at the same time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how that has like, shaped our our approaches to um just ethics around children in general like you Mm -hmm. have kids and we don't but Mm -hmm. we we, we're all very 
interested in listening to kids and making sure that they are given age-appropriate information Mm -hmm. and know what their their rights are to autonomy Mm -hmm. and integrity and um yeah I just wanted to hear a little bit more about that from from you yeah absolutely it was um so I think this is this could be projection but I think from what she's told me that my mom kind of resents me because I was correcting her parenting from a very young age from you know (laughs) seven or eight Probably. I was like, this is, you know, that there are better ways to do this. Right. And she, (laughs) give us an example. So one thing that, that stuck out to me that I like still remember like everything about it, like where we were, what was happening. So um, my siblings were fighting over a toy. I do not remember what it was. I think it was like a stuffed elephant or something. And we were in the car um, going from my parents' house to uh, my dad's workplace. I don't remember why. And then we had to run all these other errands. And it's like 45 minutes from from my parents' place in Tigard to North Portland, where my dad was working at the time. So my siblings, I think it was, I, I don't need to name them, what the hell. Um, so <laughs> two of my siblings were fighting over this toy. And my mom goes, okay, so like, you can have it until we get to your dad's office. And then you can have it when we go to the next place, you know, for the amount of time it takes us to go to the next place and then we'll switch. And I was like, well, it's 45 minutes to dad's office and it's five minutes to the, like whatever market we were Mm -hmm. going to. So that's really unfair. And she was just like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, cool. So like, and that really, I don't know, for some reason that very much seared me, (laughs) like my conscience. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh my gosh, what is happening right now? Um, because it was like, you don't care about justice. Like that was just a very kind of clear indicator given like everything that, you know, we'd said up until that point. But I was always telling her, I was like, you know, like pain- spanking is like, this is, this isn't right. Like there are better ways to communicate with your kids besides spanking. Like this is, this is, this is bad. <laughs> and yeah. Did she you know that you could use your words? Did you know that you can communicate the to your children? The thing that always got me is that my father, due to probably non-neurotypical sensory processing stuff, mm-hmm. would always swoop in once we got to a certain decibel level huh. in a conflict. So, like, huh. we'd get loud, and mm-hmm. then whoever was the loudest, he would send to the bathroom and be like, you're getting a spanking. Like, so mm-hmm. it was about the... The noise was indicated that you were the troublemaker. You, he never was interested in like who, what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or yeah. Or had no bearing on how he handled the punishment. And so yeah. we were always very bitter about that. And my siblings yeah. resented me because I was quiet. Mm-hmm. And if they, I was one starting it, I was never going to get in trouble because I didn't right. scream when I was pinched. I just sucked it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I also had similar conversations with them being like, you know that's not fair and they basically were like we don't care right yeah yeah exactly and it was you know it was like one of my mom's other things at some point james dobson was like you you know you really have to make sure that you spank your kid until they're sad so if you stop spanking and they're angry you have to keep hitting them Mm -hmm. until they're actually sorry until they demonstrate the spirit of revenge until they start Uh crying Yeah, totally. So I had all of these ideas in my head about how I was going to parent from very, from very young No, age. I mean, this has, like, been one of the biggest things that's driven me as a human and as a mm-hmm. writer has been, like, I'm not going to forget what it was like to be a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, like, I knew probably from the time I was, you know, first grade or so, it was like, I wanted two things. I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be a writer and that was that was kind of it and I really wanted to like marry a rich dude who like went on tour and was gone nine months out of the year so I could just be by myself <laughs> um, <That's> amazing. <laughs> so, that was just like my dream life and so you know when I actually had kids that was really it was kind of jarring because um thankfully I had a friend who like I don't remember what had happened but like I ended up giving my oldest he was the only kid I had at the time. I ended up giving him a swat on his butt because he was rolling over when I was trying to change his diaper. And my friend Haley was like, um, don't do that. He has no idea what that means. He has no idea what you're trying to communicate. He's like 13 months old. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that makes true. Like that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that he, would have, he doesn't like, he doesn't know what I'm trying to say to don't him. Don't you know that he was born with the spirit of rebellion? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really fucked up because then people start hitting like their nine month old, yeah. nine months or younger. Old. 
Um, or younger because they're sinning. Don't know mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Look at Michael and Debbie Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, so if glad. Six month old moved off the blanket. Like, obviously, <laughs> they're possessed by a demon. Yeah. That stuff so much. Yeah, those people those people need to be investigated. Anyway, um Yeah, so I was just like, oh, that makes sense. That makes total sense. And so then I started Googling and I was like, okay, so is like is spanking like is spanking okay, right? I was just trying to find out like what does the research say? And um I was like, I just figured it would be, you know, neutral, right? Like it didn't matter either way or it wouldn't make an impact. And it was like, no, this has a really measurable negative impact. It reduces the amount of gray matter in your brain and like it leads to all of these increases in likelihood for, for mental illnesses. Um, and Shocked. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was like, makes it hard for you to regulate and control your own behavior. And also because yeah. it usually used in erogenous zones, like gets coded in your brain a sexual assault yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so it was um i was like oh okay this is interesting i guess like i guess i'm not going to do this and then so i kind of you know started reading up on like what are alternatives to <laughs> it's like oh talking to your kid <laughs> that's what it is what? Talking, to your kid. talking and i'm so glad, like i'm so glad that i learned that though be like with 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 my oldest because he is um very communicative and he has i don't know why but just brain wiring whatever communicating with him was sufficient almost all of the time right like even when he was like two years old most of the time if i would tell him like hey this is what is going on i'm sorry that we can't do what you want to do whatever or hey we have to leave in 10 minutes we have to leave in five minutes we have to leave in three minutes right and Mm -hmm. kind of like let him know like what is happening i'm so i'm so glad that because my second it was just like very um had some like speech delays for sure both of my kids are autistic and um and just could not could not self regulate at all it was just everything everything was a crisis and his nervous system just like could not handle um being told no essentially right and so i had to spend hours basically every day like helping him regulate um and it was like, it was fucking hard. Like there were, you know, there were times when it was like, he was like hitting me and He's scratching me job. and yeah. screaming. Yeah. And I was, yeah. And I was working, I was back at work at this point. And, um, so yeah, it was just every, and it was, it was a daily thing. And, you know, he, he was like kicked out of daycare because he was biting kids and like <laughs> all, us. all of the things. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I learned this before. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, so I was, I would communicate with him the same way that I would communicate with his brother. It was just, I also sometimes was like, holding him pretty tight so that he couldn't scratch my eyeballs out. Um, <laughs> like just, just, you know, just enough that he like could not get his hands on my face. That's really all I cared about. That's, that's fair. Um, but I feel like it's worked fairly well because now he's like very responsive to that. Right. And I, you know, it wouldn't, it would not have helped at all if I had hit him. Yeah. Like that yeah. wouldn't, that would not have helped his, that wouldn't have helped him process, right? It would not have helped him um, communicate with me sooner. It might have actually caused more delays verbally, because mm-hmm. uh, you can't you can't learn when you're being beaten by yep. someone yeah. who is five times bigger than you and is your only caregiver and is your only caregiver. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm so, I'm really grateful that I was able to like find this stuff out because I really did have every intention of like I'm you know I'm gonna spank my kids, I'm gonna homeschool, etc. And then I was like, oh fuck, no, nope, I'm not doing any of that shit. <laughs> it's so interesting because. My first exposure to this kind of stuff was with Rachel Coleman talking about her parenting practices and like these Facebook posts as Mm. as time went on. So she had kids around the time when I was married. I guess she had her first around then and then she had her second. Mm. And we were Facebook friends and not super close, but I would just see these statuses of like her processing out loud how she was trying different things with our oldest. And I remember in particular this one moment, I think her oldest was maybe four, where she didn't want to go to bed mm-hmm. and she was like, I'm going to let her figure out the consequences of this hmm. and let her stay up as long as she wants. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to, you know, you can be in the room with me, but I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. 
um, which I guess with a lot of four-year-olds is probably super dangerous, but like this is a, right. This yeah. is a hyper yeah. self-aware. Every kid is, rule, every kid is different. I will say rule driven firstborn who yes. is not yes. going to start a fire while mom's asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Clarification. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but I remember her being like, and my daughter was super cranky the next day. And we talked about how this is a direct result from that. And mm-hmm. like, you know, and then she learned to start listening to her body and going to bed when she was tired, yep. as opposed to just yep. like doing yeah. it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it was like every, everything was dictated to you. You had to eat the food that was on your plate. You had to go to bed at a certain time. And it's so it's wild to me because again, like with my second, especially I can negotiate with him (laughs) and you know, if I want him to go to bed at seven 30, he will counter with seven 35. It's not, it's not not wild. And then there's no fight because he decided what time he was going to bed. Mm -hmm. And for me as an adult, it's been interesting watching like the more I have a sense of security and autonomy in terms of like, my life trajectory and my finances and like, mm-hmm. just like my housing, mm-hmm. um, the more comfortable I am going to bed at a decent hour. I used to like yes. never bed early. Um, my high school best friend used to call me the creature cause I, <laughs> she was convinced I never slept. Who among us slept in high school though? Like it was not me. It was the only time I was able to be alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And I could hear myself yep. think and nobody needed me for anything. So I got into the habit of staying up all hours and now i'm like i feel like going to bed at nine mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. and i can just do that and it's there's no there's no crisis for me to like need to control things like yeah i it just feels very radical to be able to do mm-hmm. that and let go in a way yeah and that kind of self-regulation is something that i should have learned at 15 yeah yeah not 32 mm-hmm. and so when i think about going back to our original topic, like Josh Duggar, like when you micromanage every element of these kids' lives, when you don't teach them how to self-regulate, when you don't teach them how to listen to their bodies, when you don't teach them what anything is Mm -hmm. and what the consequences are, and you beat them into dissociation Mm -hmm. and into like, you know, all their social toolkit is based around manipulation and ego playing with egos, mm-hmm. um, of course you can have someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can, compl- I completely agree with that. I, yeah. I just wish that there was, yeah, I guess I just wish that this, this was common knowledge or just like, like it, this is known. extremely preventable. Right. It is. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's just like, you're giving these like young people, for whom it is biologically appropriate to be going out and like experiencing things and not listening to their parents, which sucks, but it's, you're not going to undo like hundreds of thousands of years of evolutionary biology because you like hit your kid on the ass. So much less costly to have your child learn something the hard way Mm -hmm. once. Yep. And not every kid works this way. So it's not, right. this is not right. like something that's fail safe, but mm-hmm. like to have them learn the hard way once rather than to like keep them constantly, constantly micromanage everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like that, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know how my mom had enough energy to do that. Cause I don't have enough energy to do that. And I have two children. So, um, I'm like this and it didn't but work. Al- but also your entire ego is not built bound up in making sure that they conform to your image. That's true. Yeah, That that's goes a long true. way. Yeah. I, I like, I, I do have to remind myself though, because it was just how I was coded growing up. There's like, I have no control over this kid. Ultimately, like they get to be their own person and I might not like who that is. And so I'm just going to take advantage of the time that we have right now. And like, God forbid, maybe they turn into a libertarian or something, but <laughs> you know, bad things happen to all of us. Um, so, you know, just trying to be aware of the fact that it's like, I can't I can try to like reroute this river and it's going to, it's eventually going to get right back to where it was going before. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, doesn't matter how many dams I put up. Eventually there's still going to be like this overflow of like who this person actually is. But I thought train up a child. You know what? It works until you're out of hitting distance. <laughs> out, of, out of striking distance. And yeah. then it's, 
it doesn't work as well. That's so <laughs> true. It. That is so true. I mean, you can like again, you can try, but like you know, my four out of the five of us are not in in any kind of religious space right now yeah. at mm-hmm. all. So, you know, 20%. Good job, mom. Ass and grade. <laughs> I'm sorry. As a professor, no. It's not a passing grade. It's not a passing grade. <laughs> it's not even close. But it's like, this is what you did. This is, this is, this is, these are the consequences of your actions. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like, I don't know what you expected. You do this to people. <laughs> you try to put them in a box and you're like, this is I the really only way. I wonder though, like, do any of them like like do any of them the you know Duggar parents whatever Jim Bob and and whatever Michelle her name is. Michelle I was gonna say Jocelyn um, <laughs> <laughs> probably one of their kids um, probably or like my parents do they ever go like what 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 did what happened like what did we do wrong like why didn't James Dobson's little child rearing manual work or like the pearls or whoever it was and we we had conversations about it and and she stopped spanking my younger siblings at a certain point because I had the same conversations Mm -hmm. with her as this epiphany you had and being like hey the data is actually suggesting this and you know she got rid of spankers and like she she my youngest siblings have a very very different life yeah from the one that I grew up with but not everybody does that. And I think Mm-mm. one of the things that happens with, especially in the quiverful space, because wife and mother is your entire identity. Mm-hmm. If you fail as a mom, you've failed before God. So your eternal soul is at risk of damnation. Mm-hmm. It's because mm-hmm. don't you remember that that's the reason that prophet Samuel was, you know, brought in because his forebears sons were fucking around. And, oh, yeah. you know, so, you know, like if your sons are disobedient, yeah, you get you lose your your position mm-hmm. um, as that favorite in in Bible stories. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having this like, you know, if your children leave the faith, you have failed as a parent. That's on you. That's not on them. Mm. And so have this like identity crisis. So wrapped up in in all that it's got to be really hard yeah i think yeah. i think cognitively it's got to be kind of i, I don't know it's got to be a mind fuck honestly yeah. you put all of this effort all of this money all of this time like millions of hours i'm so proud of <laughs> my mom just holding your fist so closed yeah and then it's like all for nothing yeah well, and that's like you is- would have had more kids going to church right now if you hadn't done this <laughs> statistically yes yeah actually true <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if my father ever thinks about that. Yeah, it's just it's it's so it's so wild. I'm like, is there any kind of regret? I mean, here in like how you did things, or like, are you changing? You know, are you changing your mind or changing your parenting style? Yeah. Or my parents did after after I ran away. Like that's right, they doubled down. They yeah, so like they did they did this weird kind of thing. They did really. it harder. They used me against my siblings for yep. several years after cutting me yep. off because I was like, it's you're not a failure of a homeschool parent if you send your kid to school for a class. It's fine. They were like, that's terrible. You don't want to talk to you anymore. And then they were like, every time one of the kids would do something bad, they'd use me as a threat. Yep. How so? Like, you're going to just turn out like Kieran? Or- yeah, it was like, don't do that because then you'll be like Kieran and that was bad and they would like – you know, then punish them I, or were whatever. You a I word in your family's gate. I was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was bad, and so that's when I was like, "No, I'm cutting off all of you," and I blocked them from literally everything. But mm-hmm. then, a couple of years later, my brother reaches out, and we start talking, and my parents have like. No one else is allowed to do speech and debate because that's what they blame for me, which uh, is probably I mean, not wrong. <laughs> my father kept me out of speech and debate. Right. He said it would make me too good at arguing and I was already winning too many arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they none of the other kids could do that. But they did loosen up in some ways. So like they did put the kids in other activities and they did give them a little bit more freedom like – doing things and and going places and like my adult sisters don't have to court like I did Mm. wow 
So my brother's like, no, mom and dad are like chill now. And I'm like, "Mm, they still believe a lot of the same stuff. They've just like shut off an avenue. And of course, like my sisters have also been educationally neglected like I have. So very little in the way of like good education and no access to the critical thinking activity. But Mm -hmm. they got to have more friends than I did. So they're fine with my parents and they have very different parents than I did because my parents are like loosening up in ways that make it feel like they have more freedom than they do. Right. I have known so many kids who, if they had the illusion of autonomy, really, really struggle to cut off abusive parents or set like healthy boundaries with abusive parents because it makes it more of a mind fuck Mm -hmm. to play the, the gaslighting games because if you have some appearance of control, then you can, your autonomy, your choices can be used against you more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas with us, it was so clear, <laughs> like we had absolutely no power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we knew what was going on and there was, there, it was, there's no question, but anyone yeah. who's got that, that gray area is going to be a little bit more. Yeah. So that's, that's most of my younger siblings is mm-hmm. like, they kind of know different parents than than I do yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so um this kind of dovetails into something that CRHE just put out the homeschool children's bill of rights you were on you were involved with CRHE before I was so you were probably around when this started you know getting put in the crock pot in the back burner what how did this get going it was something that like I don't remember exactly like the moment of its inception other than it was something that made sense to do because we got angry and we talked a lot about how HSLDA is the reason that the U.S. hasn't signed on to the U.N. rights of the child and it's completely yeah. because they're terrible and yeah. they can sway that and so we were like that's well, bullshit. It, it's one of the main reasons that the homeschool law, the roof, like prevented the U.S. from ratifying that was because spanking is explicitly named in it as abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can't have that when we need to sell these books that say, like, here's how you make a rod to hit your children. Yeah. We, we need those royalties. That's what's keeping the movement alive. At the time, I don't even know how many it was at the time, but like now, it's it's still legal to hit kids in public school now. And yeah, like, in like mm-hmm. Texas, it's yeah, normal. Twenty five, tw- yeah, I think it's still twenty five states where teachers, administrators can hit kids. Yep. Still, yeah, spanking was considered a religious freedom issue at that point, and so that's how they pushed it, and so we never ratified it. I had to read it before I was allowed to walk into a Kyrgyz classroom because Kyrgyzstan has ratified it. Ooh. And so with Peace Corps, they were like, you know, you have to abide by the laws of the land. And yeah. these are the laws of the land because they've ratified this. And I'd never <laughs> read it before. Oh, and yeah. I was in a group training and I had to leave the room to go yeah. like sob in the hall because yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, this would have changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, I had that reaction too when I was reading it because we were like, well, what is that anyway? And I just started crying. Like, yeah, damn, the thought of having rights as a child, like everything was so unfair. And I felt that keenly and I had no voice, no way to like do anything about it. And my parents always demonized the like, oh, like having CPS's number on your refrigerator is bad because then if you right. make your kid mad, they'll call CPS and get them taken away. Like, anyway. Actually, like, I mean, the foster care system is, is fucked and there's a lot of things that are wrong with it. But like CPS, their first priority is family unification. Like yeah. to keep the kids with right. the family. Yeah. That we don't have to spend taxpayer dollars on... Exactly. Extracting them and then putting them in someone else's like But HSLDA didn't care about that. HSLDA was like, they're just going to take your kids because you're homeschooling. So at some point along the line, we were like, what, like, envisioning the future for homeschool children, right? Like, what would it be like? What, like, if we could have the best ideal version of 
homeschooling and mm-hmm. like in homeschooled kids had like access to things and like were treated as human beings. What is that? And so that was sort of like the inception of the Bill of Rights. So it's modeled off of the Human Rights of the Child Act. And so a lot of the language is very similar. And it's stuff about like, you know, just they just have the children should have the right to be assured shelter and food and mm-hmm. a stable mm-hmm. education to mm-hmm. be, able, you know, so that yeah. they can actively participate in society in a way that's... Yeah enables them to survive later without their parents. Like it's, yeah. it's very simple mm-hmm. and I feel like it's super radical. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up because it's just not like these kinds of things. I mean, you have your, your listen to kids t-shirt and mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. people just, that is a shocking statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Still in 2021. Yeah. 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 It absolutely is. I mean, it, yeah, kids obviously in the U.S. kids don't have any rights really at all. I mean, there's like there's a line, yeah, but they will let you skirt it for probably a year or two before anything happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, just one of the one of the horrific things that I have been unfortunately reading about that's just like come across my timeline several times in the last few years is is the number of kids who have died of malnutrition in this country because their parents wouldn't let them eat as a form of punishment yeah. oh yeah i don't yeah. know if you've seen their um homeschooling's invisible children database yeah we have a yeah. lot of those yeah There's a lot of those yeah and it was just you know that was something else that was really interesting to me as i realized it was like it's I can't not give my kid a glass of water. What the fuck? There, like, and that's not okay. It's really interesting in terms of like the history, history of human rights in our country. Like there's systemic disenfranchisement of so many groups of people. Right. That is legally codified. Yeah. In a way that like, we protect these people. They have rights. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So like, like mm-hmm. it's the, the lip service is given, but the practical result is not. Right. And children have neither. Yeah. 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 There's no lip service. There's no practical result. There's no like actual legal protections. And everything is about, you know, QAnon save the babies and protect <laughs> the children and the ban abortion. The pro lifers. Yeah. yeah. And abortion. And it's like, but actually, what, but <laughs> let's talk about the kids who are alive. Mm hmm. In mm-hmm. your in your community because yeah. they don't yeah. have rights. Yeah. yeah, that's always been the thing that like has really angered and driven me. Is people are like, oh well, the fetuses, the fetuses. Let's save the fetuses. And I'm like, there's there's hungry kids like right, right. now. Like there's kids right now who need help. And mm-hmm. if like the hypocrisy of like, oh well, the unborn child is the most important. But like as soon as that child is born, it's like, oh well, you're a problem. You're a demon. You're just like begging for stuff because like your child and that's wrong you shouldn't ever have a need because that's inconvenient to me (laughs) then you grow up into an adult who is like i don't have needs what are you talking about i'm the world is going to end if i'm like no i need to like take a day right and that's and that that's that's the thing that i think is is both a reflection of this late stage capitalism that we have as a culture, but I think is also a product of this like earlier formative years problem where like you having rights as a child does not exist. Therefore you having rights as a worker does not exist. Mm -hmm. You having the ability to say no and self-regulate as a child means that you saying this is too much. I need help. I need time. I need more space. Like mm-hmm. I need better pay. Like those things don't are exist. unreasonable. Yeah. yeah. They're unreasonable, yeah. To ask unreasonable requests. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm asking a client for a, a raise for the first time and I'm freaking mm-hmm. the fuck out about it because it's like, well, I mean, I moved. I don't have a, like. There's every reason to have a raise. But you work like, in tech in the Bay Area as a freelancer, and your rates are probably the lowest that anyone has ever seen. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I I think the other, I think the flip side of that is that people are, people with power are wired to abuse it. That's just the default is Mm -hmm. I'm going to take as much as I can from this person, Mm -hmm. you know, be it my student, my employee, intern, whomever. And that's fine because this is, this is like the moral structure that we have created, right? Is that as much as you can extract, like extract from a human being without making them like pass out. Right. (laughs) Fine is yeah. is acceptable, and it's all tied together. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's the, the system grooms itself. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. So, um, where can our listeners find the "Listen to Kids" T-shirt? Because I know that's a something you you love. Oh yeah, I do love that. Um, so that is from Otterly. So, um, they're actually on Instagram, and their little shop is. You know, there's just a link in their bio, but it's just otter, like the animal dot ly. And um, yeah, they are really, really incredible and and just very fiercely protective of kids and kids rights and and, and educating adults on um, the fact that kids are human beings. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is wild. That's that that's considered like a I don't know. It's cultural Marxism, probably. Um, but yeah, it's it's right. So I know, right? Like, how can we make this anti-Semitic and racist and hate kids all at once? All at the same time. Cultural Marxism. That's how. That's, that's the one. That's what we're going with. Okay. Um, and yeah. Where, and where can our listeners find you? Um, I am just at Tori Glass on Instagram and Twitter. My website's just ToriGlass.com. Yay. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Something that's been in the works for a long time. And we've just been like, we want to make sure that we're like using (laughs) Tori for the most bang for our buck. (laughs) Because we don't want to waste our time. Kids' rights are important. It's, yeah. Yeah. Very true. I'm, I'm a fan. So if you're a listener and you're a parent and this is something you've been working through, we'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear from you. Um, KitchenTableCole at gmail.com if you want to write us or join our Slack group and talk about it. You know, this is something that I think is like an ongoing struggle for all of us where it's just there's a big, you know, gap in Mm -hmm. our, our realization process of like what we deserved Mm -hmm. versus what the kids in our community deserve. I, I know mm-hmm. that like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but I had this moment when I was housebreaking my dog mm. where I was so angry at my parents because yeah. I yep. had infinite patience for her because she's a puppy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And like, uh-huh. I knew what she was misunderstanding and I knew how to communicate it with her. And I knew yeah. that I just needed reinforcement and time and practice. And like, I needed to be patient. And if I could be that patient with a fucking animal, yeah. why the fuck couldn't my parents have been that patient with me? Yeah. yeah. And I, I was livid. And so I feel like those kinds of moments are really powerful for, you know, those coming out of our community. Um, so I'd love to hear your stories. Yes. Email mm-hmm. us. Join the Slack. Um, you can join the Slack by going to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. It's fun. We're chill there. There are lots of cute animal pictures. Lots there. of cute animal pictures. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient for all this time. It's just been, it's a lot. And I realized a couple weeks ago in therapy that like things that are triggering feel different sometimes. And so I'm like, I don't know why I'm just so tired and burnt out. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well the Josh Duggar thing happened and then this happened and this happened all in the same week. So like all of my buttons are just here. So sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. Still learning that. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. Um, Thank you, as always, to Dave for putting this together and making us sound good when we have, when we have massive tech issues because it's Mercury <laughs> Yeah, and thank you to the band Heavens. The music that you hear on this podcast is the track Janet from their album Stenazzo. It's lovely. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.